I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. Joining me today is Valerie Boyer-Wells. She was a part of the Duke City Dashers, as well as the Albuquerque Track Club, ran for Manzano High School, Arizona State University, uh, has held records in all levels, um, has been to the Olympic trials, and started her own high school track team, which hopefully we'll get into. So, Thank you for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me, Seb. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, we'll just start off. Where did you, uh, how did you get into running? Coach Jim Ciccarello was our PE teacher at Lowell Elementary School. And so he and four other coaches throughout the Valley, like Tony Sandoval, um, John Holland, Coach Baker, they all decided to start this amazing track team called Duke City Dashers. And Chicarello saw me running in elementary school where he would make us race against each other, boys and girls, just have a route, run around the backstop, touch the fence, hit this base, come back. And I would sometimes beat some of the guys. And so when he started this track team, he got some of the girls from Lowell Elementary School to be on this track team called Duke City Dashers. And that's how we got started. That's really cool to have your your PE teacher kind of bring you into this little, you know, new clubs that, that he was starting with runners. It, everything I've heard of the Duke City Dashers is just it was a wonderful time. It, it was interesting. I, I think they had a great concept of girls all over the, the, the Duke City. Um, we all came together at track meets. The, I think the only thing that it, it kind of missed is when you don't train together, you don't bond so much. It's, it's that training and helping each other out, I think, on a team that helps you to gel more as a team. You had the dynamics of every kind of race of kids, every kind of economic situation of kids. And if the parents and the the kids don't really know each other, they might not be as compassionate for one another. So when, you know, things started making decisions that affected the poorer kids, you know, what can we do? Chicarello used to come by our neighborhood and pick us up to get us to track practice because none of us had transportation to track practice. I mean, he was just that dedicated that he would do whatever it took for us to be a part of changing our world in track and field. And so I, I, I appreciate the Duke City Dashers. I appreciate them wanting to do well for all girls because girl sports just weren't at the top of anybody's list. So we all owe all those coaches for their dedication to us. 
to to get that started at that time, like you said, when it wasn't the priority for a lot of people, I think it is. It's and it's I think the history of it. There, there's a lot to it. And yeah. so, how did you move into the um, Albuquerque Track Club? So, so we we started out Duke City Dashers, and at some point there was a break, and I believe Chicarello and um, I want to say Coach Rodriguez, Barry Rodriguez, had the, the Albuquerque Heights Track Club, and those two teams merged together, if my memory serves me right, and we started the Albuquerque Track Club. And now that team was amazing because it had every race, every age group, every economic, that team was everybody. And we all practiced together and talk about bonding friendships, like for life. I mean, even some of the girls on that track team, I'm still friends with to this day because we all cared about each other and encouraged each other. We re-ran the best that we could and we loved it. Had an absolutely fabulous time. And that's I, that's exactly what what this sport is supposed to do is just bring people together. And it's it's so amazing that you are still in contact with some of them and still consider them friends. And and even just the relationship you you have with Chicarello after all these years, it, it's just it speaks to that coach athlete dynamic, which can be so so strong. Yeah. I, I tell you, I've learned so many life lessons just by hanging around that guy. <laughs> and he he does he's probably forgotten more stuff than I've ever remembered. <laughs> he, you know, he he remembers, he knows, he's for, for a man who's never had any kids, he's got a bunch of kids running around because he fed into all of us. And, and helped all of us achieve the best we could be in whatever we do. He, he's just that good and, and that selfless. He, he just pours into kids, whether it's in his elementary school classes in PE or jump rope team or track athlete at, at La Cueva or, you know, a, a kid just trying to make the Olympics or just trying to make it around the track. He's, He's just so selfless. I'm I'm so honored to be a, considered a friend of his. Yeah, his his reach has has extended well beyond that that little circle we all run around and um, oh, yeah. yeah, and it's just he's 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 a he's a legend of the state. That that's 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 the best way I can put it. <laughs> I would agree. A, a total national treasure right there. Yes. And so one thing you t- you mentioned, you talked about his, his jump rope teams, and I've had a couple of other former athletes of his a, l- a little bit um, newer, you know, from La Cueva. Was he doing jump rope drills with you guys back then? Um, not to the extent that he's jumping these kids, but yeah, part of training was jump roping. I love jump roping. It's fun, but it's a lot of work. But yeah, he he would use whatever it took to get us to the next level. 
And if jump roping would do it as part of training, weightlifting would do it, running up mountains and hills and doing whistle fart lick, whatever it took, he was going to know about it and use it. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, I alluded to it on the introduction. You, you were running before Title IX. So before women's sports were considered a thing that needed to be there, people weren't, like you said, thinking about it. It wasn't on the forefront of their minds. And so I'd like you to, to tell everybody how the, we had chatted before and just the, the story of how you ended up getting a team at Manzano High School. So I, I started running when I was 10, and this was age group track and, and having a great time. And then high school, when, when I was in middle school, you know, I'm still running age group. And then I go into high school and they have a boys track team. And so I, I'm on the boys track team my freshman year. But I realized I'm never going to be a state champion because there's always going to be some boy that's faster than me. And so I was talking to Coach Chicarello, and I also talked to Norma Sims because Miss Sims was kind of in charge of, of girls' sports. And yeah, basketball, volleyball, softball, you know, that kind of stuff. But we didn't have a, a, a track team. And, and they told me if I got a, a track coach and some girls to be on the team, we could have a track team. And I'm like, that's all we need is a coach and some girls? I'm like, yep. I'm like, I'm all in. So I'm talking to Chickarello, who is in the Albuquerque public school system because he's a PE teacher. Right. So it wasn't like I got some random person. I got somebody that knew about track and field, knew about girls track and field. And it was just another level for him to go to. We still kept the age groupers, but this was high school. A lot of the girls that he was training were now in high school. And he said he would be the coach. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. That'll work. And I must have asked every girl I knew in high school. And we had like 50 something girls say, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And, and they were like, I don't know how to run. I'm not that good. I'm like, doesn't matter. It's just fun to do. It's good for your health. It'll be fun just to be on the team. Let's do it. And we got it together. And Norma Sims said, okay, you're in. And I, I want to say, um, Coach Lyons comes to mind. And I don't know if Chick brought him along or whether he was already mm -hmm. at Manzano. But it was at a time where girls sports had not taken off. That There, there was no mechanism for girls to be seen and get scholarships to, to college. And, and that was my main goal. When, when I was 10 and started running track, Chicarello said, you know, if you, if you run really well and do really good, you could go to school in college anywhere you want to go basically for free. And I'm like, well, excuse me? For free? He's like, yep, if you run well enough, you could go to school on a scholarship for free. And I'm thinking, here my mom is raising seven kids by herself, and I'm number six of seven. I know she's not going to be able to pay for me to go to college. And all I got to do is do something I love doing is running. I'm like, I'm all in. So, it, it, I mean, I had some some self-motives in the sense that I really needed a track team, one for the school, but one for myself, to be a state champion, to to have camaraderie with other girls on the team. And who knows, we could win. 
we, we, we might be winners, champions. But if we never have it, if we never try, we never know. And I tell you, those girls had so much heart that some of the best races I've ever had in my life were with those girls right there on that track. It was amazing. That's how we got started with high school track and field. And, and that's such an amazing story. I, it's, it's hard. It's hard to put myself in in that time, and you know, it, it seems like so so long ago. And and really, I mean, long. My... long. <laughs> You're talking over forty years ago. <laughs> uh, which which in the grand scheme of things, really isn't that that long ago. It's just. You know, it's it's crazy. I mean, my my parents were graduating, you know, around that time, and it just seems it seems insane that that my uncles and aunts could have gone through through that. You know, my my aunts especially, but not you know not having a place for to have that outlet of of sports, and it's it's just you know I, I'm a little bit older than maybe some of the other people, some of the people listening, but. It just seems insane that that, you know, forty years ago really isn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah, but it was the beginning, and there were probably some some women out there that could, or young girls that could tear up the track, like Norma Carter, you know, Mike Carter's sister. But there was no team for her to be on. You know, um, Linda McCoy, who was in my neighborhood, who babysat us, she was amazingly fast, but she had no team. And therefore, no opportunity. I came around at the right time. That that's just a blessing from the Lord. Right, and I think that's um, you know something, especially now during this time with with everything that we're seeing in in the the news and um, you know how shutdowns are affecting different parts of society and and how they're affecting schools and. And to see people who who could miss out because their college has decided to to cut a program, or you know, th- the school is having problems financing, but you know they're going to finance some of those. Uh, I guess more. I don't. I don't know how to say more watchable sports, but maybe more popular sports and an, uh, economical, uh, economically satisfying sports. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's 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 hard to to imagine that we could end up in a position where people are missing out on something that um, really is so impactful. Yeah, I'm um, I'm just so thankful to Coach Ticarello who wanted to coach and those girls who wanted to be a part of something that was new, and right. and just trusting me that we were going to have a blast. Yeah, and I can't I can't even I can't imagine any of the sophomores that I work with, and my own daughter's a sophomore. I can't imagine them going out and recruiting that many girls to to come out and run and to just just try it. Just try it. <laughs> That's all I wanted them to do is just try running. You don't have to be the best. You just have to give it your best. That's all. It's it's that's amazing. I just I I think you know I think there's a lot of amazing things that you've done in in your career and beyond. And but but that that just uh, you know it really just sticks out to me as something that 
not a lot of people would have done. And I think that takes a lot and that it speaks a lot to your character. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do. And so I believe you had told me, so in high school, when you were about 16, was the first time you ha- you went to an Olympic trials, correct? Yeah, I was a, a junior, like 16 going on 17 um, in high school, junior in high school. I, I went to nationals. And if you got in the top eight, I want to say, if you made it to finals at nationals or you ran a certain time, you could go to the Olympic tryouts. And so it was amazing to, to qualify and actually be able to go. And my, my mom had to truly trust Jim Ciccarello for me to go on those, the, the, you know, to California or to Eugene, Oregon. I, I went with an amazing family from Colorado the Peters family. Um, my mom had somewhat met them as you can meet someone whenever they came to Albuquerque for a meet or something. But having a family to hang out with till I stayed in the dorms. But it was amazing to be at an Olympic tryout when my whole goal was to just go to college. I'm, all I'm trying to do is go to college for free. <laughs> and this is one of the benefits is I, I met some amazing athletes. And I remember when I met Harvey Glantz and Shonda Sheesborough and um, Brenda Moorhead. And we're all downstairs in the rec area in the dorm, just chilling and talking and laughing and teasing each other. And I'm blown away. I am so blown away that I am with some elite athletes and I'm just a child from Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> to this day, Harvey Glantz and I are good friends. It's, it's just amazing. That, it sounds amazing. And it sounds, I mean, again, just to like thinking about that time, you, you go from you don't even have a team at your high school to building your own team to, to next thing you know, you're you've qualified for Olympic trials through, through nationals. And it just, it just seems like, like it must, it must've felt like a whirlwind to you. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, the, to, to be in the starting blocks in Albuquerque is one thing to be in the starting blocks at a national is another thing. But to be at a, in the starting blocks at an Olympic, qual, you know, the, these are the Olympic trials, something that I didn't even think was even possible to be on the radar. And I'm, I'm looking over to, to my right or left and seeing some of the fastest women in the world. And I'm in the race with them. I'm blown away. I mean, I am totally deer in the headlights blown away. I'm not even going to lie about it. It was overwhelming. J- just to run was overwhelming. I had a little bit more composure when the, when the 80 Olympics came around, when the, those tryouts came. But the 76, I was just totally out of my league and just glad to be there. A <laughs> um, little bit more mature come four years later, but still... 
quite an honor for, for me. I, I can only imagine. And, and again, just, just to, you know, from, from little New Mexico, not, you know, we're not a powerhouse in, in, in most things, but we, we put out our runners, we put out our, our, our events, but it's, you're going to have a, a definitely a different crowd and no matter where you're at going, going to that le- level, much less just again, the, like you talked about the people around you and just, I mean, you know, uh, they always say you gotta, you can't put anybody on a pedestal, but at 16, you're probably going to be putting people on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's amazing. I, it, what I think I love most about that time period and Albuquerque and my friends, um, they believed in me to the point where they, they knew I wanted to, to go to college. They, they knew that I was fast enough to make, you know, uh, the, the, the nationals or to go and be on a USA team, the, the World Cup team, the USA, USSR junior team. That they, they knew that about me to the point where they looked out for me. For example, if I happened to be at a party and had a red cup in my hand, at least five people are going to ask me what's in my cup, a minimum of five people. And if it was anything other than water, juice, or perhaps soda, it was getting poured out. Because they they believed in me, and I, I, I there was no smoking, there was no drinking, there was no running around with boys. It was like not going to happen if any of my friends had anything to say about it, because they bought in to my goals. That that's how special Albuquerque is. I I agree, and I think the running community here is amazing, and everybody just looks out for each other and really does want the best. Yeah. You're going to be competitive, but, but you want to, to run against the best. You're going to push everybody else and, and keep them in check. I think it's, and it's amazing that it's been going on that way for, for, for quite some time. You know, what was really interesting is Susie V Hill was in, when I was a junior, Susie V Hill also made it to the Olympic trials. And even though we ran for two different teams, she was like big sister because she wasn't going to let anything happen to me because we're from Albuquerque. Different teams didn't matter. We, we were team Albuquerque <laughs> in her mind. And so she, she did. She looked out for me, made sure I was okay, that I didn't get too nervous. You know, she, she was awesome. She, and she still is awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I didn't realize that connection, and and I interviewed Sue uh, uh, several episodes back. I think uh, like yeah. number eight or so, and her experiences as well. I mean, there there's again some of the the mirrors of being with the Duke City Dashers and and that, and and it's just um, just kind of just amazing, really. <laughs> Very tight knit group, the track and field group of of age groupers. Yes. And so, you know, going back again to, you know, that journey from Albuquerque to nationals to to Olympic trials, what kind of surfaces were you, were you running on then? Oh, um, 
for in Albuquerque, you had it was a Melon Melon Stadium. Melny. Melon Stadium. That was like an asphalt kind of track, if I'm not mistaken. The track at Wilson Stadium. Wilson, yeah. Yeah, that that was a little bit better. Um, we we did a lot of running on dirt. U and M. Every now and then, we got to run on their track. Track services make a difference. I, I went to Arizona State University, believe it or not, because they had a 10-lane track, 10 lanes all the way around. It was absolutely gorgeous. And to run on it makes you just feel like you were going fast. That's awesome. And it was it was a dedicated track stadium. It wasn't a football field with a track around it. It was steeplechase, high jump, two long jumps going, depending on which way the wind's going, or men and women could do, you know, meet at the same time. It was amazing facility. And their their track was, I don't even know what it's called. It was yellow. It was kind of bouncy. It, it was beautiful. Now they have a Mondo track. There, there's only two in the world. One was at Arizona State University that they tried out because one of the guys that worked for them was a Sun Devil. And the other one, I believe, was in the Olympics in Barcelona. Oh, wow. And that track. And, you know, back in the day, day when I first went to Arizona State University, anybody could come out on the track and run on the track. You know, they put that Mondo track in there. Lock and key. You need a code to get in that stadium. (laughs) It's not for any and everybody. It's only for their athletes. I guess that makes sense. They want to protect it, but wow, it would be yeah. amazing to to step foot on something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, hey, coach, can I go step on your track? <laughs> can I just do some, you know, do something on it? It's beautiful. So, an indoor track. That that the indoor track I love the most was at the Coliseum. Old wooden track, high curves. Oh my God, I love that track. That track had some of the funnest meets on it. My dad used to tell tell me stories about that track, and you know the the people that I was around, you know, through him who who ran during that time. Just they loved it. I mean, the the sound of of the spikes on the wood, and just the the yeah. the atmosphere of it, and and you, you don't want to fall. You do not want to fall on that track because <laughs> you're going to get spinning. <laughs> let me let me tell you that the funniest story about that track. Uh, you know how they had the JC Invitational? Yeah. I don't know if they still have it, but back then they had the JC Invitational, indoor meet. And then the next day, they would have like a big age group meet. And, and everybody would compete in this meet, even college kids. Men, women, boys, girls, it's a big track meet last all day, right? So the, the New Mexico UNM's men's track team had a relay, and they were the only ones that was going to be racing. And I, I want to say it's like a lap around, and you, you hand off the baton. It was a sprint relay team. Maybe it was two laps, and you hand the baton off, right? Okay. So they didn't have anybody to run against, so they figured, I don't know who the they is, but our coaches were in on it. 
it was a, a relay team with with um, Carruthers, Scotty Carruthers, Joe Williams, Butch Williams, and myself. And all I know is one of the people on that relay team was Butch's brother, Michael, and these other three guys that went to UNM, and they we're going to race against them. And because of the way that track is, it's not good for big, tall bodies. It's good for little bodies. <laughs> and we wore them out, and we won that relay. Wow. Three kids, and, and Scotty couldn't have been more than – 12, 13 years old. Wow. All of us were like 16, 17, you know, 16 years old. It was the funniest, fun time, but the funniest thing. Because once you pass somebody, like if if, if you don't, once you're in front of them, it's so hard to pass. And we were little speed demons. And it was, everybody in the stands was rolling. <laughs> That these little kids beat this team from New Mexico. <laughs> Funniest story ever, but true. Oh, that is so amazing. That it's uh, it, it's awesome, and I'm I'm glad that you know it's not the wooden track now, but they they've got a nice little indoor track, and it's um you know 200 meters is a lap, and they've had you know the Mountain West Conference here. Uh, they've held the d1 national championships uh, a couple of times uh, last year was they were supposed to hold, host it and uh, the day before they you know is when it got canceled but it really is a, a nice track that they have now in the convention center but it's um not quite the same sounds from what i hear <laughs> it's a beautiful track though and i'm sure everybody enjoys running on it yes and and so was it just the track that got that took you to Arizona State, or or was there a little bit more that that? So uh, there were a number of things. One one is I do not like cold weather. <laughs> that is hot is good. Two is they had a college for criminal justice, and and I knew I wanted to to major in criminal justice, and they had a pretty good pretty good college for that. And so my, my bachelor's degree is in criminal justice. And they, they had opportunities like I could, I volunteered as a probation officer when I was in, um, in college. Wow. And, and I, I thought I was going to be a probation officer. I, I took that test to be a probation officer six times. I flunked that test six times. Wow. It might have been about point, two points, three points, five points. It didn't matter. I could not pass that test to save my life. And I took the law school admissions test one time. I applied to basically one law school. Um, I was I was dating a man um, who told me don't go to to Georgia. I was going looking at going to University of Georgia in Athens for law school. He said, don't go, marry me, and go to school here at Arizona State University. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that works for me. So I, I applied to ASU, got in, went through the Clio program, which helped me to understand what is expected in law school. I prayed one time in my life for a D. <laughs> that, was, that was in con law. We had a visiting professor, and I could not understand his accent. 
And I just prayed, just let me get a D because D would be enough for me to, to pass. I wasn't trying to be greedy. I wasn't asking for a miracle, just a D. <laughs> I, I believe I got my D. Um, never took a visiting professor again. <laughs> finished law school. Took the bar exam one time. Passed the bar exam and been a lawyer ever since. Wow. You know, so I guess I wasn't supposed to to be a probation officer. Um, Arizona State, I'm a double devil since I have two degrees from them. Gave me an excellent education. And then they thought enough of me to allow me to go to their law school because they, I guess they figured I had a good undergraduate education. Yeah. <laughs> and every every goal I've had for my career, I have met. And and it's to me, it's because I went to an excellent school. That's that's amazing. And that was all helped along through through being able to run track and yeah. having those opportunities. Yes, sir. Wow. So the goal was never to be an Olympian. The, the, the goal was to be able to have a career that I could support my family. That was the goal. Right. And, and you realize that when you when you see your, your my mom raising seven kids by herself and, and I didn't expect to be raising my kids by myself, but I really wanted to be in a position that if I had to, I could. My husband and I have been married. Um, today's the 13th and two days will be married 39 years. Wow. Um, and it's been amazing. That That's awesome. I mean, first of all you know, happy, uh, anniversary just about. <laughs> yeah. We celebrate all of September and all of October cause we got married twice. Oh, <laughs> nobody knew we were married cause we were planning a wedding. And so we got married and then we had the wedding. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it takes a lot of stress away. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. So when the wedding came around, I was like, what do you want? Whatever you want, I'm good. You know, everything that could go wrong went wrong and it was okay because we were already married, but nobody knew that and it was okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, so like you said, your your, your goal was, was really to make sure that you were financially stable to be able to take care of your family and and be in a in a good financial position and it wasn't about being in the olympics or any of that stuff but was it ever you know after the first olympic trials was it kind of a goal like i want to get back did you ever think you know it's not my top goal but i i'd like to run on that stage um i I, 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 gosh, it's hard to answer that question. I, always in the back of my mind was an appreciation for the fact that Arizona State University was, was in essence, paying me to run track for them. So, so I, I made the, the, the USA-USSR junior team right before I started going to Arizona State University. And that's where I met my, my roommate, Rhonda Brady, Olympic hurdler. And when the time between 76 and 80, I, I graduated from high school. I made the, the junior team and I also made the World Cup team. 
and, and ran relay with Evelyn Ashford. She was the first leg of the relay. I was the anchor leg. And so I, I kind of knew from the World Cup what international competition looked like. Right. And I also toured Canada with over the summer with Carl Lewis. Oh, wow. And re- really nice guy, really good friend. And so I had a taste of that. And I got a phone call asking me to be on a, a team that was going to basically tour the, a country, you know, other countries, whether it was Europe or Asia or whatever. But the problem with that is I would have to stop going to school. And I, I, I talked with my mom and my mom was like, so what's, what's your goal? What, what is it that you really want? And what is it that you really need? And, and what I really wanted and what I really needed was a college degree. And if I stop running to go tour, I'm going to delay my education. People get injured all the time. Right. And I knew that I did not have the money to pay for my own education at ASU. And so my goal was when I was 10, my coach told me that if I ran well enough, I could go to school for free. I'm all in. So when you clearly know what you want, it's not confusion. I I believe that the Lord allowed me to run track so I could get an education in order to become a lawyer, to become a judge, to make a difference in my community. And it's not like he didn't put icing on the cake by (laughs) giving me Junior Olympics, you know, the junior team, the World Cup team, touring Canada. He gave me stuff to say, okay, you tasted it. You saw what it was like. And it's okay if you don't have any more. And I I think I made the best decision for for me. I, I, I turned it down because it didn't fit my goals. And, and what good are goals if you don't do everything you can to reach them? That they're just good ideas in that case. And, and this was not just a good idea. It was whenever you learn how to set goals and then do whatever you can do to reach those goals, you'll never fail because you'll never get sidetracked. So that turned into when I was in school, my goal was always to become a judge. So every job that I took as a lawyer had to some way fit into me becoming a judge. So me having a taste of the the 76 Olympic trials was nice. I made it to the 1980 Olympic tryouts in 80. I, I can tell you where I was standing, what I was doing when I heard Mr. President Carter say we were boycotting those Olympics. And to me, I think I really made the best decision by by saying that's not my goal is to be an Olympian. Because prior to that, when they were getting ready for the Olympic trials and the Olympics, they took all of us over to Colorado Springs to tell us how they were going to handle athletes from the United States 
where would we be staying, when we, we would go into Russia, when we would come out of Russia. That they did all of this because our president said, we don't mix our politics and our sports. We, we thought they should boycott um, Olympics that allowed South Africans to compete since South Africa practiced apartheid. Right. But we don't we don't practice sports and politics. That's what he said. But then when Russia invaded Afghanistan, all of a sudden we can't go. We're boycotting. I'm like, wow. All I needed you to be to me was consistent in your statements. And he wasn't. But because that wasn't my goal, I was bummed. But hey, it didn't throw me off my track because I had a different goal in mind. Right. And that's, I think, I can't imagine being in those shoes and and, and hearing that and, and hearing those conflicting statements. Yeah. And it was it was devastating for athletes to hear we were boycotting. I mean, people had trained their whole life for this. Girls that I knew, guys that I knew. And even though they had a team, we weren't going. And and there wasn't a full set of teams until the World Cup team in 79. And then after that, somebody was boycotting something. Wow. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) No, it didn't. I mean, it was sad, but my, my goal still got met. I still represented my country. I was I was happy. But there was a lot of disappointment for a lot of people and that was their window of opportunity. Right. You you a lot of people only get that that one chance. There's very few that are lucky enough to be able to stay healthy, be able to stay strong enough mentally and physically yeah. to have more than one chance and and to have you know, one of those chances taken away from, from that is it's, it's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. But we survive. Right. Live to run another day. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's just, again, it's a lot of people put so much emphasis on the athletics, so much emphasis on, on their running or, or whatever, athletic pursuit they have and they forget about the other things. And so it's, it's really awesome to hear you talk about your goal was very clear from the beginning and you wanted to, to reach that. And the running was fun and the running helped you get there, but it wasn't everything. Right. And and I, I have to admit, Seb, I learned so much about life through track and field, you know, that the, the same effort that it takes to run, you know, seven two, 220s or to do breakdowns of, you know, 110s, 223s, 30s, 440s and back down, that same kind of, you, you just want to go on the side of the, the track and call Earl, <laughs> um, that, that same kind of dedication that that when you don't have a good workout and your coach tells you to get off, just get off my track because you're wasting my time. And and then you come back the next day and you give it 110. You just give more than what you thought you had in you because you don't want to be a disappointment. Th- that same kind of energy 
in law school was necessary. It's 10 o'clock at night. I still got three more cases to brief. I'm tired. I want to go to bed, but I got to get, I got to get it in. And what do you do when it, when it's three more 300s or three more 200s? You run them and you run the, the time you're supposed to run. You, you, you brief the case. You, you, you do what you have to do. That kind of discipline is, is still in effect to this day. Right. And, and I think that's a good point. It's, it's, you learn so much about yourself when you're mm-hmm. putting your body through that and how are you going to react and, and being able to use that in your different, in, in the other aspects of your life, you know, wherever you go with it, when things get tough, when things get hard mm-hmm. you know, and you transfer that over. And it sounds obviously like you were, you were able to do that. And you know, how much of that is just, just your own kind of willpower? How much did you, of that, do you think you learned from, from Chicarello? I mean, how much, how much? Probably 99% was from Chick because he's always in my head. No gain, (laughs) no pain. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. You know, he's just, he's just, I mean, when it makes sense, it makes sense. You know, right? That mean, yeah, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want to be that kind of coach? Where I the do. girls, no matter where they're at in life, they go, "Oh no, Coach Seb said blah blah blah." <laughs> you it, know? It, yeah. No, it, it's um, you know, I, I I've often talked about the the relationship between coach and athlete and. I think no matter which way it goes, you can have a horrible coach or you can have an amazing coach and that coach is going to be in your head one way or another. And I, mm-hmm. I want to be on, on the good side of that. Yes, sir. And, and so that's, that, that definitely is part of how, what helps motivate me to thinking about how I coach these, these girls, these kids and, and you know, how I'd, how I'd want my own kids coached. You know how I'd want the coach to react with them. Do, do you also teach? I do. I'm uh, actually like uh, Coach Chicarello. I, I work with elementary kids. I uh, teach third grade. I, I'm telling you, teachers are our superheroes. They really. They, if you go to anybody famous who have achieved anything in life and ask them who made a difference, I guarantee you they're going to say it was a teacher. Yeah, a teacher or a coach or somebody like that that just taught them how to take themselves from one level to another level, to, that believed in them, that spoke life into them, that guided them. That I mean, my husband's very successful, but there was a, he he used to have a speech impediment, and people thought because of the way he spoke he wasn't smart, but one teacher said, "Man, you're off the chart smart." And he started believing it, and he's an excellent businessman. That's all. Um, I tell you, anybody successful is going to tie it to a teacher. You're right. You're absolutely right. And you know, teachers and and parents have such a, a huge influence. And you've you know mentioned your mom several times, and I know you've got a few kids. Did they ever go into running? Okay. Fun facts. <laughs> My daughter, um, Justina, 
Um, she did. She she was a dancer. She loved dancing. I made her run track. <laughs> I, I did. I, I made her not only going to be on the track team, but you're going to be a, a captain and I'm going to be one of the coaches. And she did. She did fine. She did excellent. And but her point of running track or being in in Palm or church choir is because she wanted to go to Spelman College. And I said, Spelman College needs well-rounded young ladies. And when you're going to do something, you're going to do it with leadership. And so that, that's how I got her in, to, to buy in track and field. Now, my son, Stefan, who is the other state champion in the family, wow, uh, is a triple jump state champion. And I, I tell you, I've had some delights as, as an athlete myself. But the the best time I've ever had was when he did the state championship. I was I was one. I've never triple jumped in my life, <laughs> but I know how to get in your head to get you where you need to be in order to do what you need to do. And his dad says, "Just go and do your best," and gets in his head and say, "You just run and do your best." So Stefan, state championship, he had tore his, um, what, what is it in your knee? A meniscus. He had a meniscus tear. Wow. He had just gotten cleared by the doctor that he could compete at the state championship. And after this meet was over, that next Monday, he was going in for surgery on his meniscus. Wow. And I said, don't even worry about it. Your knee is fine. Your knee is all right. Go run. Go do this. You can see you're fine. It's not about the knee. It's about th- th- that visualization. I need you to see your foot hitting, the other foot hitting, the, the, the different moves that you make. I need you to visualize that. So it's his last jump, right? And I say, don't hold back anything. You have nothing to lose. You have already won this. That boy almost jumped out the pit, made a new school record, a new district record. I don't think I was ever as happy as I was when he won that state championship. And you know, you're the the mom, but you're the coach. You got to try and figure out how to be cool and do. I had no coolness at all about me. I'm screaming, jumping up and down, grabbing him. Oh, my goodness. It was the highlight of, of my time as a parent, I guess, is seeing him stand on that, that top level and be a state champion. And, and that night when we went to, to dinner um, to, to sit back, and of course his dad says that he got all his athleticism from his dad. <laughs> I don't know if I had to do anything with it. But we both sitting back, but you know, we got our picture on the wall in the house in the family room of the two state champions. <laughs> and we just sit back and go, I don't know where he got the talent, but I can just tell you I'm a state champion. He's a state champion. <laughs> so I, mean, I let that alone. <laughs> so my my two kids did compete in sports. My son did do track and field. My daughter did too. My my older kids that I got when I got married, they were five and, and eight when I got married. Um, cheerleading, 
Michael did baseball. He he did basketball, played play football. That they all have some sort of athleticism to them. But Stefan, state champ, triple jump. I can't say anything else other than and I got to help coach him, which I couldn't do because I didn't know nothing about it. But they let me be there and kind of get in his head. <laughs> that's that's awesome. And uh, how did you balance, you know, like you said, you kind of helped coach him a little bit. You helped your daughter. How did you balance kind of that coach parent role, especially kind of after practices and stuff? Um, because I was not the head coach and because I'm also used to cheering, I mean, I'll I'll be your biggest cheerleader and no matter where you are in, uh, on the team, I'm going to give you words of encouragement. And so it was, I, I, I just treated them like, like athletes, you know, I, when we're at home, for example, when I'm when I'm on the bench, I'm Judge Boyer Wells. When I'm at home, I'm mom. If I try and give a ruling like I'm on the bench at home, they're going to have a good laugh. It's like, yeah, right, mom, we're hungry. We want dinner. I mean, so when you're at practice, I'm, I'm, I'm Coach Boyer Wells. You know, let's get the workout in. Let, let's do this. That, that you know, I'm going to build you up. I'm going to pump you up. When we're at home, I'm just mom, and and I just do what moms do. And but but I'm also that mom that's in the classroom. I'm the classroom mom. That there was a point where I I stopped being a lawyer, and and came home to take care of my family. And so I got to be in the classroom. I, I was able to do attendance at the high school and and meet the kids. My kids are hanging around um, and, and coach on the track team because at that point I was like a stay-at-home mom and have my own little alternative dispute resolution company. And, and so you can balance those things because you understand what your role is in those environments. And as long as you don't get it twisted, like, I'm not going to feed you bad food if I know you're an athlete. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to let you eat junk food because I'm your mom. And because I'm your coach, there's no conflict there. <laughs> but, but, yeah, you can have fun with your friends. Yeah, you can go do this and go do that. Everything that has can't be about track and field or about palm or about whatever. So it's it's just understanding the roles and and just... Don't blur the lines, so to speak. Right. That's that's awesome. And and you have such a wealth of experience that a, a lot of people, I don't think will will ever get that opportunity. But you're you're using that. You've you've obviously been a coach, but you're also mentoring one of our athletes here at uh, in New Mexico at Sandia. Yeah, Adriana. Tatum, God, what a neat young lady. She is. She's amazing. And so how, really how did you, you two me, get in touch with and, and form that relationship? So I want to say, was it two years ago? I believe it was. Um, 
you you heard of Padrell's barbecue, right? Oh yeah. And and so Mr. Padrell and his wife are part of the um, New Mexico African American Museum. Okay. And they did in February for Black History, they did a panel of athletes, men and women, and it was just like a discussion of athletes. And that's when I met Sharon, Sheila Burrell and Adriana Tatum. I met I met them both at that event. And Chicarello, who knows all three of us, <laughs> says, do you know that in this room we have three three women who are state champions in the 100 meters or in the 100, Val Boyer, Sheila Burrell, and Adriana. And he took a picture of all three of us. I think I sent you that picture. Yes. And that's when I met her and I met Sheila. And we exchanged phone numbers. And on my way back to Phoenix, my flight got canceled. And so I happened to be on the same flight as Sheila Burrell. And so she and I got to talking. We sat together. And I even had the opportunity to go to San Diego and speak to her girls because she coaches track for San Diego. Um, I think San Diego University of San Diego. And I mentor her. And then Adriana called me and said, I need to ask you some questions about, you know, how to make decisions about what I want to do. <laughs> and so I start mentoring her and just talking to her about just things in life in general. Talk to her mom. What a beautiful family. Right. And and so I think I'm the, the blessed one because I, I got both of these young ladies and they speak life and it's beautiful. That's, that's, you know, it's just amazing. And it's, it's amazing to hear your connections to, to all these people. And, and again, how much this sport is given to you, but that you've given back and it's, we we can't all be Chicarello and, <laughs> and be coaches for <laughs> I I don't even know how many years at this point, but <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> but we we all find our ways to to give back and and yeah. what you're doing. I I find it just amazing, and I I know that Adriana definitely um, is is getting a lot out of it. I'm getting a lot out of just this conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Seb. I appreciate it. I, I try and, and mentor law students, track athletes, people at church. It doesn't matter. We all have to give. Whatever we have, we, we, we should share. What, what you're doing is amazing. You may not see it or think it, but if you can capture the history of track and field in New Mexico and preserve it, that's priceless. Okay. When Chick sent me your information and said, hey, he'd like to interview you, of course I had to do my research on you. You know that, right? Right, of course. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. He has the opportunity to go back 40 years and talk to athletes from that era 
all the way to the present era. That that's amazing. And it, capture it. It's been um it, it's it's been fun. You know, I, I will say I started <laughs> I I started this, it was just something I, I just thought you know, I've heard these stories of these people around and I thought, well, I grew up with this. I want other people to hear, to hear this. And, you know, the, the support has been amazing from the people that I've interviewed, the people that are following the podcast. And it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's been amazing. It's been so much fun to, to meet and hear these stories and, and and to hear like your story, being so so dedicated, and not just in the running, but you you had this idea of what you wanted, and I think that that's so hard for so many people because they get good at something, and it's easy to kind of let go of something else, and to be able to manage and focus on what's the real goal is 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 so hard, and it's so inspiring to hear you. No, like this is what I wanted, and and this is what I went after, and this helped me get there. It's just, yeah. it's a great story. Thank you, thank you so much. I um, I appreciate being um asked to to talk, to have a conversation, Absolutely. to come to the table, you know. And I think you know, I think this is a it's a a good place to stop. I think there's there's some more in there, and. Uh, you brought it up before having you and, and Chicarello and, and maybe you and Adrian. I think it'd be fun just to kind of talk and, and discuss kind of some of those different relationships. And But but I think we'll end for today. And uh, I just have one more question. And that's, um, you know, when you're when you're getting out now and you're when you're staying active, when you're getting ready to you got to kind of get yourself motivated. Uh, what are you listening to? Uh, I'm listening to gospel. Kirk Franklin is my favorite. I'm listening to Fred Hammond. I'm doing Hezekiah Walker, Tasha Cobbs Leonard. I'm gospeling it out. And I'm jamming to those jams. When when I'm running, whether I'm hiking up the mountains or running, um, when I'm moving, that's who I'm moving to. That's awesome. And I, I'm glad you're still out there moving and doing a little bit of running and, and definitely the hiking too. Yeah. We we went on a two mile walk this morning up the mountains. I I make Roger go, even <laughs> though he's the most athletic person in the family. <laughs> <laughs> oh well hopefully the weather is, is not too warm there. Well, I know you said you enjoy the warm weather, but hopefully not too warm. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking with you again. I hope I didn't bore anybody with anything I said. And I would love to be on with both Sheila and Adriana. That would be awesome. I, I think that would be fun too. And, and thank you for, for spending the time. I don't think... I, I, I don't think anybody could have been bored with, with any of those stories. And I appreciate it. And and is there anything else uh, you wanted to say before I let you go? Um, just a shout out to Chick. Thank you for the for the um, hookup to have the conversation. And just thank you for what you do.
Thank you for taking the time to join me today. If you can, please rate and review, but most importantly, spread the word so we can grow this community. If you know of any runners that deserve a shout out or should be interviewed, or you just want to share your runs and connect with other people, use the hashtag RunningNM on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow me at RunningNM on both these platforms. If you prefer to reach out by email, you can find me at runningnewmexico at gmail.com. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud under DJ Teach. And until next time, keep running, New Mexico.